Most of our lads should survive. He rumbled. Most of the end's guards, too, if you care. How about the three thieves who didn't get away, she replied, swinging her, herself down off her horse. The motion made the top of her head throb where the fruitulent beggar had kicked her. All dead, the mercenary captain said. The arrows and crossbow, crossbow bolts killed the men outright, and it looks like the big winch broke her neck bouncing down the steps. Piss and dang, Murray swore. She'd hoped to question one of them. A hostler, a pimply, gangling, young, scurrying, uh, young youth scurried up to her. Madame, Madame Ranger, he, he stammered as if uncertain of the proper way to address her, or else simply afraid she might take out her frustrations on him. A gentleman inside the inn wants to talk to you. I'm sure he does. Take care of my mount, she she handed the boy the reins, then glanced at Hustajim and added, He might as well come along too. They headed into the common room of the inn. Judging by the bamble, the dozen or so voices shouted for the ta taverners or a serving maid, maid's attention. The excitement of the robbery and brawl had in, in, engendered quite a thirst in those who'd simply stood and watched the show. A white, soft-looking hand beckoned through a curtain of yellow glass beads. The scout and mercenary passed through the glittering strands and down a little passage lined with private chambers. The door to the last one on the left was ajar. They stepped through and seated themselves on the opposite side of a scarred rectangular table from the man they'd come to meet. The small window was closed and shuttered and the dim confined space was stuffy with the trapped heat of a, a warm autumn afternoon. Catching a first glimpse of that clean, well-intended hand, Mary had immediately guessed it had never performed any task more strenuous than guiding a quill across a piece of parchment. Seeing its owner up close reinforced the impression, impression. Plump clad in an unpretentious yet well-tailored tunic and breeches, dove gray and brown accents. He had the look of a chief clerk or steward, a highly placed functionary who spent his days assigning work to other people. Yet the set of his fleshy jaw bespoke a certain resolution in his brown eyes, a wry intelligence, 
that persuaded her to defer the contempt she generally felt for such certified parasites. So, she said, you are Marie Prompton, the man you were supposed to meet, he said, the fellow who had, who would have examined the item, then gone and fetched the coin and letters of credit if everything was in order. We don't need to throw names around, certain, certainly not now. I thought this Paradin place was supposed to be safe, Hostagem grumbled. My master's house is safe, the weeb Weeble man replied. A Weeble, a Weeble man replied. A thin edge of anger in his mouth. A mild, reasonable, baritone voice. But your employer insisted we make the exchange on neutral ground, no doubt. So I'd have difficulty simply seizing the item and refusing to pay the balance due. The folk in Weeble, Mary said, even the more reputable ones enjoy a certain notor notoriety. And sometimes, the pudgy man said, a man spends so much effort looking over his shoulder for dragons that he walks right up on a bear. But I suppose it would not do good, do no, but I suppose it will do no good to debate what we ought to have done. I assume, Mary said, that even Weeble has some sort of watch or constables. The man across the table nodded and said, The Greyblades, and I dare say that they'll make a genuine effort to find a robber who committed an outright, or an outrage in the Pierre. Indeed, my patron can take measures to encourage them to do their utmost. But let's not tell them what the rogue stole. Surely, if they knew how valuable it, within a day, every scoundrel in town would know it, it too, and that might be less than helpful. We can still reclaim our property if and when the Greyblades actually recover it. Marie scowled and said, You don't seem confident they will. They're confident. No, they're confident. Some are even halfway honest, but they only number about 30. Weeble is a big place, and I must concede a rogue haven where even you know, where every day dozens of new crimes compete for the law's attention. We'll just have to hope for the best. That's not enough that's not good enough, Mary said. The warm stale air was oppressive and made her head pound. She irritably tugged at, at her green leather armor, pulling it away from her neck to help her breathe. 
we'll find the the wretch ourselves. Hostagem grunted and said, I wonder if that's a practical idea. I'm a scout, she said, a tracker and hunter. It's what I do. It's what you do out in the woods, the mercenary leader replied. What makes you think you'll have a, the same kind of luck in a, in a warren like this? Your friend may have a point, the functionary said. I don't mean to discourage you, as I understand it. Your employer has his own problems and urgently needs the rest of his coin. To say the least, it's in everyone's best interest that we recover the item and complete our transaction. But it won't help anybody if you, Mistress Beckman, merely wind up getting tossed on the dead cart. Mary made a spitting sound and said, you must be joking. It's only one man who got away. If you truly mean to do this, the functionary said, you'd better get that notion right out of your head. Weeble is full of knaves who'll resent strangers asking questions about one of their own or about anything, really. Fine point, fine, point taken, but surely... They're, they're no match for a band of trained warriors. The Weeble man, man arched an eyebrow. All right, she said. I admit the four rogues made us look like idiots, but only because they had magic and luck on their side. The wizard's dead now, and the horse son who jumped over the wall has surely run through all the good fortune the lady who smiles was willing to grant him. That's as may be, Hostagem said, shifting unicom, no, shifting uncomfortably uncom in his chair. But I have to tell you, Mary, if you go ahead with this, you won't have that band of trained warriors watching your back. The lads and me, we're gone. What, she cried? Now don't glare like that. We signed on to get your mysterious saddlebag to Weeble, and we did. We fulfilled the letter of the contract. She laughed and replied, do you honestly expect me to see it that way and meekly hand over the rest of your coin? I can't even if I were willing. I was supposed to pay you out of what our contract here was going to give me. The beefy warrior frowned. Ouch, he said. That's bad news. So, I take it we're still in this together. Hostagem sat pondering for a heart, heartbeat or two, then finally shook his head and answered, No, I don't think so. You know what the boys and I are good at. That's why you hired us. We understand fighting on horseback, watching for bandits and trolls in open country. We're not thief. Uh, takers, and I don't think 
weed farewell playing at it in a place as tricky as Weeble. Fortunately, caravans leave from here all the time, and I have reckoned the smart way for us to make more coin is to take another job as guards. Come with us if you like. We'd be glad to have you. She glared at him and said, You miserable, treacherous coward. Call me all the names you like. I won't change, no, it won't change anything. The fact is, the item is lost because you made a mistake. When the thieves were on the steps, you could have shot the fellow with, with the saddlebag first before your bow string broke. He was right, of course. It had been the only sensible thing to do. Yet she hadn't and didn't quite know why. Perhaps it was because she'd recognized that a minute or two earlier, the bogus beggar could easily have killed her, yet had contented himself with knocking her down and killing her. No, and kicking her. Thus, she'd felt obligated to give him one last chance to surrender. Seeing she had no answer, Hostagem heaved himself to his feet, wincing at his bad uh, leg, took his weight, uh, wait, took his weight. I guess we'll stay here at the end until we land another job, he said. If you see reason, come find us. He nodded to the plump man, then limped out, 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 out the door. Does this change your mind, the functionary asked. No, Mary said. In my guild house, they teach us to honor our commitments. I'll recover the item by myself. Do you have any idea how? Well, at least I got a look at the thief. The, the wretch has been lean and fit, and green eyes and keen. Intelligence fe intelligent features. Given his agility, she assumed the sores on his legs were fake. Perhaps his gro uh, goatee was also. But beyond that, she shrugged. Well, I know my master will want me to give you all the help I can, and fu the functionary said. Unfortunately, we don't have many contacts among the gangs and other outlaws, no matter what outsiders may believe. Weeble does have some citizens who don't work hand in glove with the robbers and smugglers. But at the very least, I can provide some general information. Murray nodded and said, Tell me. Aaron skulked up the tw twisted stairs with the saddlebags tucked under one arm, keeping an eye out for everyone who might be for anyone kept an eye out for anyone who might be lurking there. The risers, a number of which were soft and dry rot or broken outright, 
would have uh, creaked and groaned beneath most people's feet, but were silent under his. He knew where and how to step. As usual, he reached his own door and without incident, Considering that his father was a cripple, some might think it ridiculous that after all those years, they still lived on the uppermost floor of a dilapidated tower. But it was marginally safer. The average housebreaker would, wouldn't climb so high just to break into such a humble lodging. And in many, and in any case, Nicholas Sar Randell refused to move. He liked the view. The fact once Aaron stepped inside, no, in fact, once Aaron stepped inside the small, sparsely furnished room, locking and barring the door behind him with reflexive caution. He saw that his father was enjoying the vista even then. The older man sprawled in a chair on a sagging balcony with his broken railing looking out over the river Skeltar. The sunset stained the water red and burnished the three bridges arching over the flow. The flood, the floods carried the spans away every spring, and Weevil rebuilt them every summer. At the moment, they were likely the only spanking new structures in all of the ancient city. Nikos was gaunt and no longer young, but younger than his. Uh, frailty made him appear. His scars, the creases in his face and skinny limbs, and the nose mark around his neck looked as purple as plums in the failing light. Come watch the sun go down, he, he rasped. Once Upon a time, he possessed a voice as rich as a bard's, but the rope had taken it. It's, you know, in a minute, Aaron replied. Glum as he felt, he would have preferred solitude, but didn't have the heart to say no. He peeled off his beggar's rags, tossed them on the floor, poured water from the porcelain pitcher into the cracked bowl, and scrubbed the bogus sores off him off his legs in the brown dye from his coppery hair, eyebrows, and beard that accomplished that accomplished he pulled on one of the slate gray Barreto's shirts he favored, found a bottle of white wine in the little route iron rack and carried it and carried it and the saddlebag out onto the balcony. He opened the sour, the sour vintage with a corkscrew, and he and his father passed the green glass container back and forth until the scarlet rim of the sun 
cut the hills to the west. Nico said, What's wrong? What makes you think anything's wrong? I know, I know you, don't I? I can read it in your face and the way you carry yourself. Aaron sighed. He sometimes tries to avoid telling his father about his various jobs because it made him fret. But some, somehow, he generally wound up confiding in him anyway. I stole something this afternoon. I assumed you didn't buy the pouch, Nicholas replied, or what's inside it. No, it was a complicated kind of job. I needed help, and things went awry. Nikos nodded somberly. Probably he was remembering when he, no, when his own thefts didn't go as planned. I take it one of your helpers came to grief. Not one, all three, Caridi, Gareth, and Dahl. Damn, I'm sorry, Nikos took. I'm, damn, I'm sorry. Nikos took a slug of wine, then passed the bottle and asked, Are they dead, or did they, the grave blades take, take them alive? I think they're all three dead. Well, that's sad, but likely best for you and them both. I know, it's just I had a dry... I had to dry doll out to make him fit, make him fit to work. I had to buy him new uh, powders, trinkets, and whatnots, whatnot to cast uh, spells. I felt smug, proud of myself for being a true friend and helping him out, out that way. Now it turns out what I was really doing was digging his grave. You can't blame yourself. He knew the risks. They all did. I suppose. Nikos hesitated and said, You needn't feel guilty, but you can learn from what happened. Rethink the path you... Please, Aaron snapped. Let's not argue about that all over again. I relish stealing as much as you did in your day. I'm just as good at it. And I can't think of any honest work I could do that would bring in enough to pay for all your politics and medicines. Nikos spat. Don't put it on me. I never asked you to risk your neck just to cease, just to ease my aches and pains. Anyone, if you, anyway, if you're such a clever thief, why did you? Why did your plan turn to, 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 to dumb? Because I dared to steal something in, inside the walls of Paradigm, I suppose. Nicholas blinked and said, You're joking. No, Kesh. Turniskull hired me to do it. The Turnerup? You're even madder than I dreamed. I'd better have the story quickly before you take it into your head to jump off the balcony just to find out if you can fly. And so, as the sky blackened, the stars twinkled into view, and the fisher, fisherman 
climb in the river in their skiffs lit the colored lanterns hanging fore and aft. Aaron told the tale. Nikos hunched forward intent, fascinated despite himself. He might worry about his only son's manners of living, but he enjoyed hearing about his escapades. Aaron knew he remained a thief at heart and would still be robbing folk himself if only his broken body would allow. Perhaps it was his father's grudging admiration or simply the wine warming his belly, but as he related the events of the afternoon, Aaron's sorrow receded somewhat, making way for a swelling of pride. Because though he, he'd paid a heavy price for his boldness, he'd taken loot from within the paradigm and in all weevil what other knave could say the same. The story and the wine finished together. He sent the empty bottle down he, oh, he set the empty bottle down carefully, put one in the wrong spot, and it would topple over and roll off the slanted platform, perhaps to bring some luckless soul passing in the street below. His scars and infirmity delved in darkness, Nikos sat quietly for a few more seconds, evidently pondering, then asked, If you're known, no, if you'd known, would you still have tried? Known which? That someone cast spells or warding on the saddlebag. If it had to do, no, if it had so many able warriors looking after it. Aaron shrugged and said, probably. If we'd known about them, maybe Dal could have neutralized the other mage's enchantments. Then using the potion, I could have stolen the prize without even noticing, without anyone noticing and it wouldn't have mattered how many guards were hanging around. But of course, we didn't know if Kest had any notion how well protected the prize would be. He didn't see fit to warn me. Maybe for fear you'd pass on the job. Maybe, said Aaron. I certainly wouldn't put put it in past the ugly bastard to withhold vital information. Aaron pulled open the mouth of the scuffed old saddlebag, slipped out the steel lockbox inside, and hefted it in his hands. It weighed several pounds and didn't clink or rattle when shaken. Almost any sort of treasure might rest inside. He rose and fetched his pigskin pouch of picks and probes. Nikos gave a disapproving grunt and asked, Do you think Cash would like like you opening the box? Since he 
specifically told me not to, I doubt, I doubt it. But I want to see what my partners died for. Well, if you must do it, at least make sure you don't break the lock or, or leave any telltale scratchings around it, I know. Though he was, though he wasn't as adept at teasing open locks as some thieves, Aaron thought he could manage it. As soon as he inserted a fine steel rod in the keyhole, however, a thunderclap boomed. The blast of sound jolted pain through his bones, kicked the strong box out of his lap, and sent him tumbling backwards in his rickety old chair. Worst, it set the whole balcony bouncing up and down. Aaron lay perfectly still, terrified certain that the platform was about to tear free of its mooring at last. Gradually, though, the oscillations subsided, and he lifted his head. Nicholas's seat remained upright, but scooted to the very brink of the balcony, where, luckily, the older man had fetched up against an intact section of railing, which sufficed to keep him from falling over. Aaron scrambled forward and hauled his, and hauled his wide-eyed parent back from the edge. Then he thought to look for the case. It had slid to the brink as well, and he felt sudden imp he felt a sudden impulse to kick it off. Naturally, though, he picked it up instead. Nikos spoke to him, but he couldn't make out the words through the ringing in his ears. The day had been hard on his hearing. A few more such magical mis mis mishaps, and he'd likely be deaf. Say it again, he requested. I said another ward. The scarred man repeated, Wards on the bag and the coffer, too. Do you, do you think that was the last of them? I'm not a wizard. How would I know? I wouldn't count on it. You're right, said Aaron. I'll leave, I'll leave it, I'll leave off trying to open it. But, damn it. The thing got Carity, Dell, and Gabbeth killed, and now it's it almost did the same to us. To be so well defended, it must be incredibly valuable. He smiled slowly. Too valuable to hand over for a single bag of gold, even a big one. Don't talk crazy. Nobody crosses the red axis. Aaron smiled and said, I won't. Cash can have the booty. But first, he's gonna have to renegotiate our deal.